Alex, we're back. Hello. How are you, man? Um, I'm good. How are you? Um, you know what? It, 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 I've been better. Um, the the sports world is in a bit of a shock right now. Um, yes, yes, it is. And I guess Alex will just will start off the show by talking about um, you know, our our best wishes to the family of Kobe Bryant. Um, only I mean, earlier today, I think it was actually. In the morning, um, he was in a helicopter crash where him and his daughter, with along with some other people who are yet to be confirmed, passed away when the helicopter crashed. Um, I, I don't know what I can say other than, you know, Kobe Bryant. Last night, LeBron James, of course, passed him in for third all-time in scoring in the NBA. And it was really sad that LeBron even had Mamba Forever on his shoes for that game, and LeBron, um, you know, Kobe Bryant puts the tweet out, and and Alex, you know, even before I was really a sports person, you know, yeah. in your gym class, and you'd see people taking shots saying Kobe, and I've seen the highlights of his last game and how crazy it was, and you know, the whole crowd yelling Kobe along with him. So it's just, yeah, yeah. it's just it's tough. To He's see. one of those guys. He's one of those guys who is bigger than basketball. Yeah. Like even if you like you think about um I know people who aren't the biggest basketball fans who kind of follow sports but they still know Kobe. Yes. I know people who don't even follow sports and they still know who Kobe is. And I think there's only a handful of names in all of sports that people who don't for people who don't follow sports still know who these guys are and i think kobe is one of the biggest one of those guys who was were by far the biggest in outside of outside of sports he was easily he was a living legend he only retired a few years ago too i believe it was 2015-16 was his last year in the league that's yeah it's just, uh, and you know, I believe he he still has. I believe it's it's three kids that him and him and his that he's leaving behind. Unfortunately, Gigi was one of them, the people in the um, the helicopter crash. Forgive me, Alex. I'm, it's it's, no it's tough to talk about. It, it really is. Yeah. Uh, it's just he he died too young. And I, I I I don't know what else to say, Alex. If if you want to move on, then yeah. But. I, I'm watching the the Spurs are playing the Raptors right now, and you could just see on the play on the bench the players on the bench. Like, I get they're like you can just tell how hurt they are from from this loss. I mean, in the basketball community, there was a practice for the Habs and even they were they were told once they got off the ice they were shocked. Steve Daniel tweeted out that of course he's on his way back from St. Louis that when his plane landed he was in a bar and ESPN had the story and everyone just it was quiet. So yeah. again our our best wishes to Kobe's family and um, you know t- today 
it's just we've lost one of not the best basketball players of all time. We've lost one of the best athletes ever. For sure. Um, it's uh, there's no way to transition off of this except Alex. We do have some other. Of course, we are a hockey podcast, but um, I think it was it's worth mentioning that Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors, who has had such a great year. Since Kawhi Leonard left, he's really taken the spotlight in Toronto, as much as you can from a player like Kawhi. Uh, He's came to the NBA All-Star game. And in contrast to NHL players who joke about not going, um, Spicy P was – I saw the video. He was so excited to be be named to the All-Star game. He's one of those crazy stories you – you, you don't hear about so often. He started playing basketball in 2010. <laughs> a decade ago. Yeah, and now he's an all-star. And he was in, the most improved player of the year, wasn't he? Yes, last year. Most improved player. That's, and definitely deserved it. Yeah. It's funny because people are making arguments that he did, he could get it again this year. <laughs> Uh, we forgot to mention we are doing the power hour here. Um, oh yes. As we normally do when we start the show, I have to ask you this, Alex. How does it feel from your point of view as a hockey fan that we've been we've we've had a lot to say about the All Star Game the past few shows, especially when you see Spicy P get so excited to go, and I'm texting you last night saying how much the guys aren't caring in some of the All Star games last night. In the NHL, also. It's it, it, it's very weird to see that there's a whole different meaning for the All Star Game when it comes to different sports. Now, listen, I hockey is not the only sport where this is the case. Um, I think football is another big example. You see in the Pro Bowl, which is happening right now, actually. Uh, where players are kind of hesitant to go to because, uh, you know, just with injury. But basketball is one of the sports where you look at the All-Star game and say, not necessarily it, the players are putting 110% like they would in a game, but they're just trying random stuff that kind of looks cool. Uh, last year or a couple of years ago, we had uh, Steph Curry do the bounce pass alley-oop uh, to I think Giannis, which which you know you, you don't see in a regular game. The in basketball, I think basketball is a special sport in a way that you can do cool things in a game, right? Like last night, you want to see players doing the Mich- the Michigan goal or whatever or the lacrosse style goal, whatever they're calling it now. That would have been cool to see. Just them doing interesting things on the ice. With the park. There was one cool moment in, I believe it was the Pacific versus the Central. I forget who it was, but somebody was breaking into the net. Standing tried to pick it up and do a swinging lacrosse goal right in front of the goalie, but that didn't quite work. We will talk about the NHL All-Star game a little later. But Alex, uh, how much of it did you end up watching, by the way? Skills comp. Honestly, I didn't get to watch the skills competition. Uh, of the All-Star game, I honestly didn't watch the last one. I had fallen asleep. And I was just in and out. I was doing some work during the first two games. Mm-hmm. 
it still confused me, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit later, why they had a game at 10.15. It was in St. Louis. Time zones, right? Oh, that's true. I didn't think about it. So what time was he in St. Louis? Um, see, Alex, maybe before I throw out the facts, I should know time zones. Uh, I will look that up. I'll do it. Okay. I'll do it. Just go to, go to the next one. Um, so, of course, uh, Alex, we talked about this player a little bit uh, before Christmas, but Lias Anderson, former top 10 pick in New York Rangers, has officially been loaned to the Swedish Hockey League. He'll go to HV71, Young Coping in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, he played for the Young Cupping. I'm just going to call them the HV because I don't know. Um, from 2015 to 2017, he had a total of uh, 62 games played there, 19 points in those games. So, Alice Anderson, he's going home, and maybe this is a thing of he's trying to do what Jesse Pugliari is doing, go home, get your confidence back, tear it up, maybe get some trade value if you're the Rangers, you think about it like that. What do you make of this? Well, I think that's you summed it up perfectly. I think that's if if I had to take a a guess at, at the situation, that's definitely something he was looking at. I don't think he's per. I made the argument he hasn't performed in the AHL, and even when he was in the AHL, it didn't seem like he was performing to expectations. I think you no, know, especially for a player his age, um, confidence is easy to lose. When you're not used to it, think about it like this. And I and I, I don't remember who I heard this from. Probably someone on Hockey Central. They're always the best up until they get to pr- the professional league, right? When you're yeah. younger, these guys tend to be the best. You think about uh, even even players who we don't consider the best players were the best on their team at some point. Martin Marinson would kick our asses in any game. Yeah. At some point, he was probably what if the he was probably the best player on his team. Yeah. So, especially at his age, I think he's twenty one. Yeah. I want to say he's twenty one. Uh, losing confidence is easy. Going to play back home may may be the best thing for him to do uh, if he wants to revisit the situation with the Rangers. That could be a possibility. But we both know he's requested a trade. Yes. Um, quickly, Alex. Whenever we get the All Star game, we also get the All Decade scenes of that. You know, ah, sorry. You know, you get the whole best team of the decade thing. And of course, uh, whenever these lists come out, people get upset about it. Uh, unfortunately, Twitter does not like loading on my Mac. But off the top of my head, Alex, I will say Sidney Crosby has been named center, right wing, or left wing. Doesn't matter. Alex Ovechkin and Patrick Kane. Goaltender. No problems there. Exactly, no problems. Probably yeah, the three best forwards, I mean, you know, without a question. Uh, on the back end, first let's go to the goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury. Any problem with that? No. All right, good. We're in agreement there. Uh, you could make a, a mention to Henrik Lundqvist, but, of course, the uh, the cops just they speak for it, of course, what Fleury did in Vegas. And I think this is the one part that we're going to talk about here, the defense, Duncan Keith and Drew Doughty. Yeah, so I said I think Eric Carlson with his two Norris, uh, two Norris wins, got just cheated out of being on the All Decade first team. He should have four. Uh, probably, probably. I think you take Drew Doughty out of this this team. You 
because then you got Duncan Keith, who has, uh, I believe he has one Norris, three Stanley Cups. Yes. And I think it's perfectly fine that you replace Drew Doughty with Eric Carlson. And I get it. And I think what people will argue is, is Drew Doughty, does he have a Norris? I'm pretty sure he does. Remember, yeah, he does, but it was clearly a year he did not. It was the the revenant like Leonardo DiCaprio. It wasn't a year he should have won it, but he he did. He does have a Norris Trophy under his belt. I wonder, you know, he has two cups, and he right, he, he has two cups. He does, yes, two cups and one Norris. I wonder if those cup rings uh, mean more to NHL on NBC. Uh, that would be two, my best guess. Also, if we look at it, like Duncan Keith has 597 points, and Drew Doughty right now in his career has 494. He'll probably overtake him. But, I mean, I, I'm a very big proponent of you need to have a righty and a lefty when it comes to defensemen. And I don't think we people remember, because we look at the Blackhawks now and realize how good Duncan Keith really was. Like He, right. he also has... So he actually has two Norris trophies and a Conn Smythe. And Alex, if you remember the year he won the Conn Smythe, he was going out there playing 30 minutes a night. There's a reason we call him No Teeth Keith. And Eric Carlson, ignoring the past two years of injuries, the guy should have many more Norris trophies than he does. He was, um, he still is a special player, but he was there. He only has two Norris trophies right now, and this is a guy who has put up 80-plus points. He scored 20 goals multiple times as a defenseman. Uh, you know me. I'm a massive imagine, fan Imagine if Eric Carlson was on a good team uh, <laughs> for those years. Oh, okay, good, good. We're, we're, we're going to pick on the sense. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it would be incredible. You know how they always ask people who was a player that you think – like people don't appreciate how good they were, and people a bit older than us will always say Peter Forsberg. But then the injuries, Eric Lindros, the same thing. I feel like in the next generation of fans, we're going to never shut up about how good Eric Carlson was when he was a son. Yeah, for sure. I thought you were going to say Nicholas Backstrom. Sorry. I thought you were going to say Nicholas Backstrom because we had the conversation last week that. Uh, you said Nicholas Backstrom is still the most underrated player in the NHL. Oh yeah, sir. I thought you said I thought you said Nick Lidstrom. I'm like, a, what? I don't think I, I don't think I need to say how good he is. But uh, no, it's really funny that last decade he was still an All Star captain. I think that was like 2011. Anyway, I think that was the year that Kessel was picked last in the draft. Really, really funny. Uh, Alex, of course. Uh, I'm going to skip the pop quiz this week. I don't think it's it's the right time to joke about Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Um, but let me ask you this. What is your read of the bye week? You go first. Um, mine is actually from uh, Athletic. Oh, a surprise. As well as Hockey Central at noon co-host Justin Bourne. Bourne Notebook. What should Matthew Kachuk do? And why the just-get-in playoff mentality is flawed? Sorry, I missed that. Say that again. Born Notebook, what should Matthew Kachuk do and why the just-get-in playoff mentality is flawed? No. I have, from The Athletic, Pierre Lebrun. Where all 31 teams stand one month before the trade deadline. 
I can you send me that because I would like to read that afterwards, and I sure. don't want to forget. So while you're doing that, um, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, um, that's it for the Power Hour. We uh, we don't really have a lot going here. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Alex. We have some things to talk about the All Star Game and the PWHA Midseason Awards, but uh, do you have anything before we get to them about the Leafs? Just for it. Uh, they just called up Tyler Gaudet. Sorry, I should put my phone on silent. Uh, Tyler Gaudet. Yes. I. Um, he was a Leaf. Yeah, he was a he was a Marley. He played in Nashville, I believe, the last couple of years. Uh, I don't think he's going to play, but I think they're just trying to. I don't know. You know how this organization is. Um, Muzzin and Trevor Moore are back from the Marlies from their conditioning stint. Uh, Jake Muzzin is now a Toronto Marlies legend. Okay. Just because he played one game. Do you have any points? I don't think so. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't think so. I don't even know how how many minutes he played. Other than that, I don't have a whole lot on the Leafs. It's been a it's been quiet uh, on that front. There's been a whole lot of trade rumors though. Um, they've been talking about Matt Dumba. I've heard one about Josh Manson. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. That's a guy I've seen Leafs fans talk about for a while is Josh Manson. Yeah, because we've needed a right-handed defenseman for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, brought up once again. Would we like to talk about some of the fallout from the All-Star game? Sure. So I did watch the skills competition up until I didn't watch Shooting Star because I, didn't, I could have cared less about it. And oh my goodness. I've watched everything else. So Matt Barzell by 0.3 seconds won fastest skater. Uh, Chris Kreider. And apparently, wow. apparently he's not the fastest guy on his team. Really? Who's saying that? Yeah. Nick Matthew Lee? Barzell. Yeah, Matthew Barzell came out and was like, I'm not even the fastest guy on my team. I think I've heard him talk about Nick Letty before. I think it was probably um, during the NHL media car wash over the summer. He was on yes. three spots when he said it. Um, when it came to accuracy shooting, oh my god! Okay, so I've just taken off my glasses, by the way, because I've started. To, I'm trying to start wearing my glasses again. Now you look like Adam. Take, yeah. Put your glasses on. You look like Kyle Dubas. Oh well, Alex. Um, when we when we look at players for our program, you know, we look at the numbers. We look at how they fit into um our our culture, Alex. You see, uh, thank you for your question, Alex. Um, anyway. Um, what was I? Um, yes. So, Alex, I understand if you want to have this fancy technology and that, but what's wrong with just having a, whole, a hard target to just? There's nothing more satisfying than just smashing a target. But no, they have yeah, that was straight stupid. Stupid LED screen, absolute a joke. And uh, who won? Jacob Slavin. Thomas Hurdle almost killed it, but he just—it was one of those times where he went four for four and he just kept missing the last target. It was pretty brutal. It is. I get. They keep changing these things, and it just makes it worse. Exactly. Just keep the old targets. They're fun. Don't I can't kidding. tell you the last time I found an all-star game entertaining. Well, Alex, we talked about uh, the first little bit of the skills competition, but then we go to the women's game. 
and I watched it. Um, Canada's goalie, I feel bad. I can't remember her name. I thought it was Turnbull, but no, that was, she's one of the forwards. I was very embarrassed by that. But I thought the women's game was really, really good. And I texted you that I was very frustrated watching that game and looking at the men the next day. But what was worse than that is how distracting it was because they had player tracking on. And did you see what it looked like when they were tracking the puck suspicion? Yeah, I saw the puck, the line, and it looked... uh it looked weird. I'm not gonna lie. It, it 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 looked weird. I wouldn't have gone that route. Uh, I think if you're gonna do something with puck tracking, and I and I saw a couple people actually like the uh, puck tracking. I think one of them was Justin Bourne uh, sent out a tweet about the puck tracking. I think if you use the puck tracking, it's something you use on replays. Yes. Uh, I don't know if it's something you do um, mid game. Did they by any chance have they did this a couple of years ago at the All-Star game uh, during the warm-up? They had the cursor over each guy. Did they do that, too? They did it during the game. Not during during the game. They would briefly have like, OK, when this guy struck out the puck, they put his name up. But okay. I know what you mean. The giant mess of names. There was a clip. Yeah. of that. Yes, I saw. Uh, OK, it. OK. It was pretty funny. Did you hear some of the stuff Kevin Bieksa was doing? No. Tell he, me. Uh, no, he was just really funny. Like during the warm up of the the games on the second day of the weekend, he was going around talking to the guys with like David Perron joking around with them. Uh, it was really funny. Was Quentin Hughes scored a goal, and you just Gretzky was mic'd up, and he's like, "That young lad's a defenseman." What? Sorry, I it cut out there for a second. Oh, just Qu- Quinn Hughes was impressing the great one. Gretzky. Was yeah, a- what did he say? He's like, that young lad's a defenseman. Oh, my God. Gretzky's old now. It's really, it's kind of, it's really funny when they brought him out and it's like an honorary captain, Wayne Gretzky. Like, the younger players, like, Alex, Gretzky's number was retired the month after I was born. A lot of those guys never got to see him play. It's really weird. Speaking of Wayne Gretzky, did you know today was his birthday? Yeah. Or today is his birthday? Happy birthday to the great one. Can I just throw you a stat? I saved it on my Instagram. Sure. Okay. Who doesn't love the great one? So, did you know Wayne Gretzky is the only player in NHL history to score 200 points in a single season? Not surprised. Did you know that? Yeah, he's better than us. Pardon? He's better than us. Uh, do, Do you... Know how many times he scored four hundred, uh, two hundred points? Twice. Four times. Well, <laughs> you're kidding me. He, he had two hundred twelve points in eighty one, eighty two, two hundred five points in eighty three, eighty four, two hundred eight points in uh, <laughs> eighty four, eighty five, and two hundred and fifteen points in. 85-86. And in that first year, he had 92 goals. I hate him. <laughs> so much. 92 goals in one year. I, I, he's not fair. 
Like, what's this? One, two, three, four, five, six, more than ten seasons of 100-plus assists. It's taking a guy we're considering the best goal scorer of all time to have a chance to catch his goal total. There's still another 1,900 assists that you have to talk about. Nearly 2,000 assists? Assists? My, oh, my God. How many, how many players have 2,000 points? I'm going to look at all-time point scorers in the NHL. The, the, this guy, if you take away his goals, where is he? So let's say if you take away Gretzky's goals, it's 1963. If you wow. take all his goals, he's still first in points. He's like 60 points ahead of Yager. Wait, what? Y- Yaramir Yager is second in NHL point scoring with 1921. If you take away Gretzky's 894 goals, he still has 1963 assists. So if you take away all of Wayne Gretzky's goals, he is still the leading point scorer in NHL history. What? What? I. I- I, I have hockey reference in front of me, Alex. Yarmir oh, Yager. I believe you. I have it up, too. This is insane. What? He's not fit. And the closest active player to this guy is, is Joe Thornton, who hasn't even hit 1,500 points yet. What? What? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You're... Okay, anyway. Um, um, yeah, happy birthday, Wayne. Oh, man. Okay, Alex. Um, let's go back to the show here. We're done the power hour. It's time oh to talk my about the uh, Talk about the All-Star game. No, no. We're, no, no they, they don't deserve it. Wayne Gretz. Jenna Fisher was great. I love her. Um, Mitch Marner was probably sure. the only Atlantic player trying because he was just happy. I love Mitch. That's because it's, it's his first game. Yeah, apparently Dave Riddich was really fun, too. Shea Weber won hard a shot because, of course, he did. No surprise. Al McKinnis broke a hundred. Even though that was impressive. People are, are doubting it, but that was impressive. Yeah, um, people were getting mad because Mitch Marner apparently got screwed out of this All Star competition. You know, I don't think he cares. Yeah, I don't think he cares either. You wanted to talk about uh, Cassie Campbell and the women's game. Yeah, no, so the women's game was really good, as I said earlier. And um, what, what I want to say, Alex, is so Cassie Campbell, she said some stuff. And she was being very careful because, like, she doesn't, she, she said, I'm not a lawyer, I don't understand this stuff. And she's saying stuff uh, like logistics behind starting a one league and saying that they need a union, but apparently the union that they have is not actually a union. But then the next day, and, and uh, like Rod McLean on the broadcast said, you know, she made some great points on it. Like, wasn't like I thought they wouldn't mention it. And what's fascinating here is, Alex, I don't know who's right or wrong because the backlash on Twitter was so down the middle of saying she's know what she's talking about. Oh, she's making these great points and all this. And like, like I, I'm, I'm all, I know a lot of people who aren't fans of Cassie Campbell Pascal. I am. Um, I, I, I like hearing her talk about it. And at the same time, she's been on the Steve Daniel podcast, and I believe thirty one. Th- I think it was just thirty one thoughts. 
And she's talked about the logistics behind the league and how upset she's been that when both the women's leagues were before, I think it was the NWHL closed, about how they needed to just sit down and create one solid damn league. And there's also, like, did you end up seeing the Gary Bettman, Ron McLean interview? I didn't, but I just before we before we um, get to that yeah. quickly. Listen, I, I sent I sent you a text. I didn't understand what she was getting at. Maybe I we had this discussion that women's hockey is a very particular subject. It's a touchy subject for some. Yes, uh, but I think I think we're gonna talk about it a little bit here. Uh, I think I I understand the NHL side side of things, not wanting to get involved in that two person that two league. Um, mess. I'm not gonna call them mess. I I mean it it seems like it's a little bit of uh, mismanagement going on because they don't want to look like the bad guys, and I think it's very easy uh, with how things are going to look like the bad guy, especially when you're the NHL. Uh, you look at what had just happened with the WNBA. Uh, they just signed a new CBA. Uh, they have all these extra ben- They have all these added benefits that they didn't have in the last CBA. They're getting paid more. You see, they, they're, they're, they've worked so hard They're I think they're 25 years. Uh, they've been, they've been open the WNBA They've been working to this, whereas with women's hockey, it feels like it's a little. It's just been really stuck because there's these two leagues. I think once something comes about, I think the, uh, I believe Jeff Merrick always likes to point this out is that there's probably uh, a paper in a drawer somewhere with a league already made. Uh, Gary Bettman just has to sign it. He just doesn't want to get involved when it's a two league, two league system right now because it they don't want to look like the the bad guy who destroys another league. Yeah. Right. So I think the NHL I think will eventually get involved, just like the NBA got involved with the WNBA. But they need to sit. You're right. They need to sit down and deal with it. Before we can all move forward here, see, I'm I'm trying to find. Um, I should sorry, I should have made this. I should have said this, Alex. So Ron McLean asked Gary. See, there's this thing called an ambush, an ambush interview, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that me and Alex have learned about in school. And the way I looked at this interview of Ron McLean and Gary Bettman is it became very much Ron McLean. Ambushing Gary and Ron does this a lot and I love it so so much and I, I'm trying I, I trust me I'm I've been trying to find this but I, I can't and Ron asked Gary about it and normally Gary Bettman's very good at answering it but not giving you anything because he's, he's a lawyer but Gary very very quickly very aggressively shut the whole thing down mm-hmm. very interesting to me. Um, that I was going nuts watching. I, I'm, I'm annoyed that I can't find it right now. But like Ron, Ron and Gary are just—it's it, incredible, and it, it's very funny to me. But it's not surprising that 
Gary was so against saying anything at all. Normally, remember when he was on 31 Thoughts and, they, and, and Elliot tried to bring it in the playoff format and Gary just laughed it off and said, but there, there's been no proposition. But in, in this, he wasn't even entertaining it. Batman has that damn smile about him. He did not have yes. that smile with Ron McLean. I just don't think they're ready to get involved yet. No, and and they've been very vocal about that, right? We've uh, we've heard Gary Bettman's come out multiple times and reiterated the point that they don't want to get involved in a two league system right now, which is smart for the NHL. It doesn't help women's hockey at all. Uh, I think if you if they get involved now, I think there's definitely uh, there's de- definitely good that can come out of it. It's just I don't think they want to – it might get – I think the NHL is coming from it might get them a bad rep. Uh, considering the other things, they might already have a bad rep. Um, so I don't think they want to make things worse. Um, but I think – but listen, I've heard so many – I didn't get to watch the game, but I've heard so many good things about that game in particular – I've also heard such good things. I mean, Brian Burke talks about it um, all the time when he's on Hockey Central at noon, how good the women's game is right now. Yeah, it is. And I really think they need that something needs to happen. I don't know what that is. What the, I'm not entirely sure what the next step is for the league, for both leagues, uh, the union and the NHL. But they, they should get get moving i i i guess it, it feels to me alex that i think this summer this is pure speculation that i feel like over the summer there's going to be something and it's going to be something big i hope so um but- i think it's a good sign you know what's a good sign is that the women are involved in the all-star game the fact that they got invited back for a second year in I a bigger think, role, in a bigger I capacity. More. They didn't do any skills competition, which I wasn't okay with. No, but I think the fact that you give them a – listen, what would you rather see, being them being involved in the skills competition or giving them an actual three-on-three game? I, for me, I'd rather see them play a three-on-three game because I haven't been able to see them that much playing that's, in an actual game. That's fair. But I, I think next year we need to do – I think the league needs to do even more. I want to see them go at it, all right? Okay. Um. Now, can I bring – because I'm sorry, I have been dying to talk about this. I've been gushing about this Bettman-Ron interview since yesterday. Yeah. There's also some talk about the Olympics. And oh, I, you've hey. seen this because in, in Gary Bettman's media availability, he actually brought up – he joked about Rene Fassel, who's head of the, um, the IIHF, and about this, this – um, deadline that they gave the league last year and Ron asked about it and Bet- this is when Batman brought his patented smile out and joked about well, well Renee brought out a, a deadline here we are in January the year after and there's still nothing to it and the last thing I want to bring up from this interview you know what Ron's last question was tell me he's like so are the officials told to do anything differently in the playoffs Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Because I'd argue yes. And Gary's like, well, they're not told to do anything differently, but the players change the way they play. It was great. 
What I, the hell I, does that even mean? Oh, it's exactly. He answered it, and it was at That's the end. He the knew. worst answer I've ever heard. Listen, I love Gary Bedman, but I hate his answers. Oh, he's the worst. One of the things he said, like when Ron tried to bring up the woman, he's like, not enough time. No, we're not going to do it. Just flat out was like, no. And you know, that, that's the thing with Batman. He knows how much time you give him and he, he just he stretches it out. Uh, that's all I really have to say about the All-Strike Do you want to talk about the Olympics? I mean, what's there to say? I mean... I... Well, I think we've had discussions. I'm not sure if we've had them on the podcast, but I think there's no real benefit for the NHL in going... You know, if a player gets injured, that's a whole set of issues for that specific team. I think, obviously, the players really want to go. Uh, obviously, depends on the market. I think China would be a really good market to get the NHL into because, you know, that's kind of their next move. Uh, Branding-wise. Something. But- um, sorry, something Batman actually said yesterday was... Um, because they have to shut down for those three weeks, right? And there was yeah. something like they couldn't even advertise that their players are going to the Olympics, which is very... Why is that? I, well, it's really funny because, you know, Alex, you can't... They don't have the rights for any of the Olympic footage. Because, like, think about it. When was the last time you saw the NHL put any sort of thing about the Golden Goal? And they've mentioned this before at Hockey Central at noon. So, I mean... I'm kind of siding with the league on this one. Oh, I'm not. I'm. Not, I don't want to take sides here because it's. It's. I understand why the players want to go. You talk about playing for your country, and I'm sorry, the World Cup of Hockey is not the same as going to play in the Olympics. Absolutely not. Right, but at the same time, I understand from the NHL from a business perspective because you know you're not you can't advertise you can't you're not really gaining much except the exposure of the NHL in that country and in this case it's China right you know they uh they were there was it Sochi what the last Olympics they went to I yeah. believe Sochi yes and then what's the one they just missed? So 2018, I guess. That, was that South Korea? South oh. Korea. Ah, yes, yes. So it's not necessarily a market they're looking to, to get into. But China is the biggest market they're trying to get into right now. And to not send your players. And I just say you can't advertise. You don't have the broadcast rights, whatever. But... It would make sense to send your players from one from one point of view. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was Pyeongchang in uh, South Korea. Pyeongchang, okay. And then, and then it's in Beijing, and then in 2026, Italy. Oh. It's in Milan. You want to go to That's Italy? quite interesting. Oh, no, sorry, that's the Olympic. That's the, the summer. You want to go to... Uh, no, it is the Winter Games. Okay. Do you want to go to Italy for the Winter Games in 2026, Alex? They're the winter games? Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. That's really weird. Italy. In in six years. Yes. Okay. I'm okay. down. Okay, sweet. Listeners, live live podcast from Italy. From Italy. Yeah. All right, Alex. Um, do you want to talk about the Pro Riders Hockey Association? 
Yeah, so I haven't actually looked at it because I was hoping we could play that guessing game that we love to do. Mm. Um, the only one I've seen is the Comeback Player Award because, of course, Toronto. one media one media outlet in the city argued that Neilander shouldn't have got it. And the host of that segment is an Oilers reporter who uh, likes to joke who? about Ryan Rashog. The same oh, guy yeah. in a stupid joke about mental health with goalies the day after Bill Let's Talk. Oh, my God. You may have to censor that, Alex. Um, not a fan of Ryan Rashog. Anyway, though, Alex, this is the Pro Hockey Riders Association, the 1819, sorry, the 1920 midseason NHL awards. Of course, now we have the Hart Trophy, which is uh, given to the most valuable player to his team, voted upon by the media. Who do you think won the Hart Trophy? Connor McDavid. Yes, and then McKinnon was second, Pasternak was third. I mean, I, what's there to say? Uh, McDavid's a god. Yeah, he is. He is a G-O-D. Uh, the Norris Trophy given to the defenseman who demonstrates the greatest all-around ability in the position. Uh, is it one John Carlson? Oh my god, it is. Second place went to Roman Yossi, and third place went to Dougie Hamilton. Pardon? Third place was Dougie Hamilton. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if at the end of the year that's going to be the case. Oh, no. It, well, he won't be. Which, which sucks. Well, this is an award that it's all, it's a few people. It's always the same group of guys. The Selkie Trophy to the forward who best excels in the defensive aspect of the game. Who do you think won it? Uh, Barkov. No. He wasn't even a finalist. I'll give you another chance. Uh, Bergeron. Uh, he was second. O'Reilly was third. Ryan O'Reilly. Oh. Sean Couturier Who's... was first. Really? Yes. Wow. That's an. That's. I think that might be a new name we haven't heard. He was. I think he was a, a finalist while. a few years ago. He's oh. in the conversation. So he probably won't win it for another three years because that's how it works. Oh, uh, the Colton <laughs> Trophy, which is given to the player who is the best rookie. Um, I'm going to go with Quinn Hughes. And you would be right if you guessed the second best. Is it Kale McCarr? Kale McCarr. I find that interesting they give it. And I'm not trying to take down Kale McCarr. It's just you miss a certain amount of games. That's kind of diminishes something here. Well, Alex, um, let's not forget he's a Vancouver Canuck, and when have they ever won anything? Uh, the Lady Bing Trophy goes to the player, a judge, who have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability, a.k.a. the nice guy who gets along. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes? I may have seen a meme. I don't know which award it was for. Does Austin Matthews happen to be on this list? He is somewhere. He's third, right? He's second. He's second? Yeah. Oh, everyone was ripping them for doing that after what happened in the summer. Oh, I mean, I... Well, to be honest, <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly is third, and he drove his Tim Hor he He did drive his truck through a Tim Hortons. Uh, number one went to Nathan McKinnon, though. Uh, Vesna to the best goalie. Ooh. Uh, if this guy was healthy, he would have been for sure number one. But Darcy Kemper is third, I'll tell you that. 
Darcy Campers third. Mm. Is it Connor Hellbuck? It is. Ah. Dan Bishop is second. Yeah, that makes sense. Connor Hellbuck having a great season with the Winnipeg Jets. Too bad the Jets are crap. We didn't talk about if this. They had, if they had Dustin Bufflin, we wouldn't even be talking about how bad the Winnipeg Jets. I believe look. they lost five straight before going into the break. They weren't playing well. I was seeing people saying, fire Maurice, um, Paul Maurice. If you want, go ahead. I'll take him. But uh, the Jack Adams, since we're talking about coaches, to the coach who is the best. Oh, man. I want to really give it to John Tortorella. But I don't think it's John Tortorella. He is second. Is it Rick Tockett? It's Mike Sullivan of the Pittsburgh Penguins. What? I mean, the way you look at it is they're all injured, but at the same time, that's kind of the requirement of coaching the Pittsburgh Penguins is, remember, half your team will be hurt by December. That's ridiculous. Whatever. Craig, Craig Ruby was third. Um, the newly named Jim Gregory GM of the Year Award going to be GM, who is awesome. This one surprised me. Not Ray Shiro. It, uh, Ray Shiro <laughs> is not a finalist. No. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, GM of the Year. Yes. Is it... Uh, Joe Sackick. It is. Yeah, makes it sense. Is. You bring in Kadri, you have a bone. You got get bone Byram and Alex Newhook. Just yeah. makes sense. It it surprised me because it actually makes sense. Yeah. Second. That doesn't the, happen a whole. Lot. It doesn't. Second was John Shake and third was Doug Armstrong of the Blues. Uh, the Rod Langway Award given to the defenseman who best excels in the defensive aspect of the game. Uh, this pisses me off, this one. That somebody's not on this list, but it's Victor is it Victor Hedman? Uh no, Victor Hedman is second. He should be there, but he's second. He's not number one? Victor Hedman is not number one on this oh. list. I have no idea. Number three was Roman Yossi. Okay. Number two was Victor Hedman. Number one yeah. was Jacob Slavin. Of the Carolina. Wow. Finally giving the man some credit. Shea Weber didn't make the Rod Langway or the Norris. I'm upset about that. Roman Yost. I can can understand why he didn't make the Norris. I understand why he didn't make the Norris. You look at Carlson. uh, Who was was in second? It was Carlson. Give me a moment. Yossi. Yossi came in second on the Norris? Yes. You want that makes sense considering he's leading the Nashville Predators. Yes, but that makes sense. Defensively, Yossi over Shane Weber. Headman this by season though. Like the Weber's first been, 40 50 games. Uh, I don't know, man. Victor for, like Victor Hedman should be number 1 on this. I I can't say how much I like Victor Hedman, but Yes, he should be. And, of course, comeback player of the year uh, to the player who returned to a previously high level of performance. Number three was Max Pacioretty. This is actually very, very good for Max. He's on pace to have a great year. Anthony Duclair, uh, well, he was never really at a high performance. He had one year. But I no, but what, read, the, read, 
can you read the definition again? Of course. Comeback Player of the Year award. To the yeah. player who returned to a previous high level of performance that was interrupted by subpar play, long-term injury, or major illness. Oh, okay. So all three of those guys, I think you could say was... Subpar play. Subpar play. Duclair, of course, all-star, you love it. Max Pacioretty, of course, he had two kind of funky years, but now he's back. And number one, William Nylander. Um, but Alex, I do have to ask you because TSN had Ryan Rashog ask Jamie McLennan and somebody else who I cannot remember at this time that this ballot was actually getting out before we knew about Connor McDavid and his injuries. And the oh, day dear. it came out, the these were actually the votes were due. So let me ask you. <clears throat> Do you think Connor McDavid deserves to win this award based on what we know now? No. Does he deserve to be a finalist? Sure. All right. So why doesn't he? Explain that to me. Because he's Connor McDavid. <laughs> he could have, he's probably still not, I wouldn't even be surprised if he's still not 100%. Oh, no, for sure. I, I cannot imagine that that man's knee is perfect. I refuse to believe he it. He also missed, he, how many How many games did he miss last year? Uh, I will, he got hurt in the last game of the season, but I'll let you okay, know. So he, the entire season now. Though. So he missed zero games. Uh, well, as a result of the injury in question, he, he missed zero games. Um, yes, because he's on pace. I don't think he's missed any this season, but last year he only missed four games. But yes, none of them had to do with the injury that they are saying should put him in consideration. So he didn't return to anything because he never missed anything. Apparently. Nylander missed two months with nego with negotiations and played like garbage for the rest of the year. Well, let me ask you this then. Yeah, by the way, Conor McDavid has not missed a game in this NHL season also. Uh, but let me ask you this, Alex. What about, and this is me playing devil's advocate. I'm not going to say who I think should have won this award because honestly, I'm a big match patch already fan. But, and he's playing quietly, playing the best hockey of his career. But I'll ask you this, Alex. What about people who would say, well, it's Nylander's own fault for holding out? What? Well, because you could you could make the argument. Okay, like it's not even the fact that he missed. Okay, it's not the fact that he missed two games. One of the requirements is returning to high performance, which he was quite high performing the year before. After subpar play, he played like garbage from December till April. That's subpar play. And then he came back and is and has. If I told you he had like forty three points in, I think forty nine games played, would you believe me? Uh, I would. I mean, if I, I don't. Even, I don't even think I'd believe myself. Uh, so if, I, if sorry, if you told me this last year, if I told you this right now, he had forty three points in forty nine games. Uh, because I live in Toronto and I hear about it, I would believe it, yeah. I wouldn't even believe it. Really? 
Yeah, that seems like very good. Like I know Nylander is very good player, but I just I it came like I looked at his stats yesterday and it was kind of unexpected. William Nylander, by the way, yes, twenty two goals, twenty one assists. He's reached his career high in goals already. Jesus. He's on pace for like thirty six goals, and as James Myrtle likes to say, I think he can do it. I don't think he can do it. So you tell. Tell me who should win Comeback Player of the Year. Um, well, I'm a big Pacioretty fan. That's just my mm-hmm. opinion. Though. That's fine. I mean, like, thing, and with Nylander, it's more than just last year. I mean, he's he's. How's it more than just last year? Because he was he's he's a guy that's always scored 61, 61, and then here mm-hmm. he is. He comes, smashes out. I mean, I would, it's. Uh, because of Pacioretty, I would be better to give him a breakout player of the year because he's finally, I would argue, looking into a pl- turning into a player, sorry, that I think at least fans have always wanted. Because don't forget, before Matthews and Marner, William Nylander was the diamond in the rough of the of the organization. So I would, right. I would give him a breakout player because I'd give it to Nylander without a, without a question. I think if the fact that he was already putting up 60 points and then he had one off year... I think that it just builds a case for him to be comeback player of the year, considering he had subpar performance for four months, for more than four months. But we're still we're we are both I think in the camp of we like William Nylander. Yeah, you don't have to trade William Nylander, okay? Okay. Whoever whoever's listening to this podcast, you don't have to trade William Nylander. I think that you should trade him for Carl Alsner. I think you should stop talking. Well, on that note, Alex, because um, the only other thing we have to talk about, and I'm checking Twitter for something here, what you do want to know is that we have some injury updates of the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, my God. Sometime this week, it will look like Brendan Gallagher will play. The same with my boy, Jonathan Drillen. He's back. So they will not play against the Capitals tomorrow. The Capitals, who will not have Alexander Ovechkin playing tomorrow because he will be serving his suspension, thank the Lord. Oh, did you want to talk about that? Because I know you were really angry. Um, and Paul, you want to talk about the suspension? Give me one minute. Let me finish talking about the Montreal Canadiens, Mr. Toronto's center of the Dan universe. Um, but um, Paul Byron, it seems to be, will be out for a little longer. He's not away. But Jonathan Drew was skating with Gallagher and that today. Um, yeah, so... Don't tell me that Toronto's the center of the universe. Austin Matthews... I, you just reminded me. So Austin Matthews has been good enough to be the second in the league when it comes to goals. You know, flicking, wristing, all this type of stuff. But it just so happens around the All-Star game, he is day-to-day. They announced two days before the skills competition that he is day-to-day with a wrist injury that has been bugging him, but not to a point where he's missed any real games, no. But he would not take part in any of the All-Star festivities. But but they still have him front and and center, you know, 
when they did the player announcements and uh, at the intermission with Sportsnet and all that. No, we had plenty of room for him there. Oh, and let's keep coming back to him in the dressing room where he's playing with a water bottle with the sling on. Oh, I'm going to play with this. Look at me, I'm Austin Matthews. But he won't miss a game because he took he did his media availabilities. And I know I think Crosby did the same thing a few years ago. But all I'm saying is that it was a bit funny to me that the guy's playing the water model with this injured hand, but he will most likely play tomorrow when the Leafs take on the National Predators. That's all I wanted to say. Sorry, what? All right. Um, well, Alex. I, I have something from Chris Johnson. Okay, great. Um. <clears throat> Uh, it looks like Rasmus Sandin will remain in the Leafs lineup, even with Jake Muzzin returning. He was playing practice today with Cody Cece. <laughs> uh, Muzzin comes back in tomorrow. We'll play with, or at practice, he was playing with Justin Hall. I assume he starts with Justin Hall tomorrow. Uh, Dermot and Barry, Sandine, Cece, and Martin Marincin is your seventh defenseman again. But Rasmus Sandy is set to play his 10th NHL game, which means his contract, entry-level contract, kicks in this year. I sense a trade coming. I'm just saying. Good. <laughs> I find it hard to believe you start his contract and don't play him out the rest of the year. Oh, for sure. It'd be a little weird. Well, Alex. To be honest. I'm not seeing anything else. Um, I do see this really funny video of a, of a rabbit. Um, hold on, because we're on Skype, Alex. Look at, look at this. That is a very cute rabbit. It's a bunny in a bed. Very cute. But Alex, I think that's going to be it for today. <laughs> I mean, there, yeah, there's not a lot to talk about. When we record on Wednesday, hopefully Daniel will be there. Um, Probably not. <laughs> um, but Alex, if the listeners enjoyed this this little episode here, what I think they should do is, you know, I think they should like on the YouTube if they're watching it, subscribe. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it be Spotify or uh, if it's iTunes or the podcast app as it is now, what you should do is if there's a way to leave a rating or a review, you should do that because why wouldn't you? We want to hear from you. We want you guys to reach out and tell us what you love about the show, what you think should happen with the Leafs. Should they trade for Carl Olsner? Of course they should. They need toughness. And, of course, be sure to follow me and Alex on social media. What you should do also is check out my YouTube channel because I have a new video being uploaded Later tonight, you just have to edit it. Um, talk about the haps. So, Alex, is there anything else you would like to say? No, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.